Here's what's coming up on today's show. So all of that encompasses it, which can kind of make your head spin. But basically anything that I can log in through a screen and get access to, I would consider a digital asset. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Well, welcome back in to Complete Estate Planning. Glad to have you on the show today. I'm Ben George along with Nick Rosenbauer, the estate planning attorney and owner at Rosenbauer Law Office. Got a good show for you today talking about digital assets. And this is a good one, um, Nick, because this is becoming obviously more and more mainstream. I know that even the the U.S. government is talking about rolling out its own digital currency as well. So I'm guessing this comes up quite a bit more and more in your conversations. Well, uh, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, Ben, um, even before the, you know, the the cryptocurrency, um, then was it the NFTs, uh, non-fungible token? Is fungible the word? I don't. You're on it. I'm not an NFT expert, um, you know, but that has brought it to, I guess, the mainstream just because everyone talks about it. But but these digital assets, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of misconceptions on what they are. Um, and I think people are surprised to realize how much, like how many items fall under this category. And people who, you know, don't have cryptocurrency or NFTs, you know, like myself, um, almost everyone has some sort of digital asset. So that right. umbrella is much wider than you would realize. Um, I think the one good thing about the crypto and the Bitcoin in the news is it at least puts it in the back of people's minds that that's something they need to be aware of. So it's, it's raising awareness, right? If nothing else. Right. We'll do that today on the show. Again, you can find everything online, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. You can always get in touch with Nick there, schedule a call. There's a big button right on the front of the website. You can access that. The easiest way to get in touch with Nick. Uh, before we jump into it, though, Nick, anything, any good stories from the uh, the youth practice fields or playing fields? Uh, we, got, uh, we got a few. Um, and it is uh, obviously T-ball. Uh, season, I can save a, a story for that for the next time. But there, there may or may not have been a little bit of run-in uh, with a former, somewhat famous uh, athlete who played at a big college and then uh, played in the professional ranks for a few years. Um, trying to trying to check me, um, and uh, you know, not to spoil it, but it, uh, I was right and he was wrong. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so we're um, we're we're watching uh, my my, uh, my basketball game for uh, for my nephew. Uh, it was one of those like weekend tournaments, you know, where I guess like teams come from wherever and you play like mm-hmm. like two games Friday, two games Saturday, two games Sunday. So they pack in a lot. And all I was trying to do is they needed help, uh, someone to run the scoreboard and run the book. And, you know, this is what you get for volunteering. You probably know where this thing's going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my, uh, actually my father-in-law went over there and he's, uh, and he is a basketball uh, referee. Uh, so he, so he refs. Um, so he went over, he said, Nick, I'll do the book. Uh, you need to do uh, the scoreboard, I guess. So if we hit the buzzer wrong and you know, everyone looks at me. And so he wanted to keep a low profile. 
which is fine. And I'm trying to figure it out and hit the buttons. And look, it's just little kids who want to play and someone's got to do the scoreboard. Right. And then also um, my four-year-old, um, I let him come over and hit the buzzer a couple times. So that made his day. Um, so I was, you know, so I was a uh, dad of the year. Well done. And, and look, there's, you know, it's not as if these kids score 60 points a game. Okay, so keeping the the score is not the hard part here, <laughs> per se. But we're we're going through, and and we're you know we keep the score, and there's a timeout, and all of a sudden this guy who's you know kind of a celebrity around here, not a coach, mind you, you know uh, he's got a I guess his kid is on one of the teams playing, just randomly walks up to the scoreboard uh, here at the scorers table, and. He's trying to tell us, you know, in the middle of the first quarter that the score's wrong. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he said, oh, the, you know, the team should have um, two more points. Like, oh, they should have 10 instead of eight or, or, or six instead of four. Like I said, not a high-scoring affair because uh, they use the 10-foot rims, but the kids are younger, obviously. And, you know, I wasn't trying to be rude, but it's like all I have to do is hit the button, you know, plus two, plus two, plus two. Uh, it's not as if there was a whole lot to it. I'm rather OCD, you know, kind of, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the way I'm wired and I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, what, what did I miss? And he said, oh, this kid scored. I'm like, no, he didn't. And he said, well, what happened? And I said, well, there was the layup. There was this, uh, the one kid made two free throws and then there was the layup on the breakaway right there. <laughs> um, and then my, my father-in-law, you know, God bless him. You know, he's a ref. He's like, yeah, I got that exact thing on the scorebook because he, you know, has it written down. And, you know, the guy's, you know, kind of arguing with us. And then I said, no, here. And I recited, here's the uh, here's the three baskets uh, that happened. Here's how they happened. And here's the two free throws. And the other guy said, I got the same thing. And then the guy just kind of looked at us. And you had that awkward silence. And then he just, you know, we were kind of like, hey, don't, we got it. We can count to eight. Like, let's let's stop it here. Uh, and then uh, and then he just kind of shook his head and walked away. Um, luckily, uh, the game ended up not being close. Because um, if it was a two-point game, then they could have been mad at the end. Actually, yeah. the other team's coach came in in the second half and argued with us about the score as well, saying that they should have had two more points. And they'd only had four at that point. <laughs> Jeez. So, and look, I'm not trying to make fun of little kids sports. Like I understand it, but yeah. you know, they had two baskets and he's trying to argue that we lost count. <laughs> and I said, come on, man. Um, and then, you know, my, uh, you know, it's like, Hey, look, we're, you know, and then of course my father's like, look, we, we got it. I have all this here. Here's both of the baskets. That's all that's been scored. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm a referee. And then he said, you know, and this guy's a lawyer. And I'm like, don't say that. <laughs> don't, don't, don't make me a marked man here. <laughs> um, but um, one, it wasn't a close game. And two, each side incorrectly accused me of, you know, missing uh, two points for them. So I guess it all worked <laughs> out in the end, right? It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, but don't 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 come out here and, and try and check me on counting to th- uh, on counting to four. Yeah, um, you know, especially when I have my uh, you know my my father in law who's a referee, uh, you know, kind of uh, double checking it on the books. So yeah, you know. and it's, I mean, I get it, but it's not that serious, <laughs> right? So 
Well, you'd be surprised. Some of these, <laughs> some of these teams, and you know, with these tournaments, they take it awfully, uh, awfully serious. But yeah, still. And then also, like we're just volunteering. Like they, I don't know, they wouldn't. Have, no one else would have done the score. Come on. But yeah. So um, the other coach lost. We won. And then you know, unnamed, famous, uh, you know, kind of local celebrity athlete lost. We won. So. You know, if you ever see me and my father-in-law keeping the books at the scores table, odds are we got it right. So, uh, so, so there you have it. That was a controversy on the uh, basketball courts there for you. It's always Juicy an entertaining, stuff. always an entertaining story with you out on the on the youth, uh, <laughs> I guess, competition and competitive fields and, and arenas. So it's not on purpose. Like I don't, I don't. This stuff seeks me out. I don't know why. But uh, but here we are. So here we are once again. All right. Well, very good. Let's uh, let's shift gears then and hop into digital assets and talk a little bit about this because it is something that needs to be, I guess, on your radar. And there are probably people that have this have maybe added digital assets to their portfolio in recent years, and they're thinking, you know, what, what I need to be paying attention to here. How is this different potentially than than other things? So I know that that when you think about estate planning, though, Nick, this. This doesn't probably come up for a lot of people that you work with, but you know, is this something that you're still trying to learn about in terms of like the laws and stuff? Are there the things constantly changing? I'm assuming. Well, I will say, uh, and look, you know, when laws were created years ago, no one was considering what happens when someone dies and there is a Bitcoin wallet that has no registered owner because these are like anonymous accounts how does that go through probate or get passed on okay so that was never on anyone's radar while creating these laws so the laws are always playing catch-up that's the way it is for everything uh you know when the first cars came out there were no laws for rolling through a stop sign right wasn't a yeah, thing. True. Okay. Um, so, so this is something that I will say I'm getting asked more and more about recently. Ohio uh, does have digital asset laws. Uh, those uh, came in, of course, within the last 10 years. They're very broad. Some of them are rather vague. And, and I guess the problem is it's very hard to define specific things, especially things that we don't know about in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, like what is an NFT? They're doing the best they can right. um, to allow defaults or the ability of certain people to you know, access or help or at least give some guidance on what happens with this if I get sick or what happens when I pass away. So you, know, it just, it, you need to be aware of it. Your attorney needs to be aware of it. It may affect you minimally. It may have a huge effect on you. But there's not a lot of people walking around anymore where they have no digital asset whatsoever. Right. Well, let's let's talk about it then in terms of definition, just the basics first. Then for anyone that's maybe saying, well, I you know I know I have an online bank account. Is this what we're talking about? Are we talking about crypto? Are we talking about NFTs, which I've heard about? What exactly falls in this category? Well, it's all of the above and so much more. So it. it it's basically any account, record, file, asset, profile, etc., cetera, uh, that includes some sort of digital or electronic record or access point. So email accounts, social media accounts, online banking or investing, 
One of the new ones you're seeing is these little investing apps like Robinhood and you know Acorns. Uh, yeah. I think Venmo. Yeah, Venmo, um, PayPal have stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So things people aren't real subscription accounts, uh, domain names or websites. You know, pictures, music, videos stored online. I know for me, and you know it ever, once you have kids, your phone goes from 41 pictures to, to maxing out at 2,000. And there's no, like, I don't have a photo album in paper. Like, that's all on my Google account. Um, loyalty programs, you know, if you're single and way better looking than me, you know, technically, I guess your online dating account. Um <laughs> You know, you have the loyalty programs like credit card points, frequent flyer miles, like the reward program. Uh, so that's a thing. What if you have, you know, $7,000 of like cash back or like Amazon gift cards loaded onto your account? That's worth something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so so that's something to keep in mind. Oh, um, what about like a season ticket license? Yeah. You know, if it's um, you know, if it's uh, if if it's for you know, like a season ticket account or something like that for, you know, maybe for a team that's hard to get tickets for, there is some value for that. Uh, all, you know, texting, email, messaging, app, phone communication. So all of that, all of those records, you know, your NFTs, your cryptocurrency, and then there's intellectual property. Not everyone here, but artwork. If you are a musician, if you have licenses, if you've written books or stories or blogs, you know, or articles, trademarks, you know, patents, inventions, you know, trade secrets, things like that. So all of those are included. So it's so much more broad than people will realize. And I tell people, heck, if nothing else, being able to access your phone and your email if someone passes away because all the reset passwords heck ben no one gets paper statements anymore they're all digital okay so if you can't get into my phone or my email you know at least for reset passwords you're dead in the water trying to take care of my affairs after i'm gone so all of that encompasses it which can kind of make your head spin but basically anything that i can log in through a screen and get access to I would consider a digital asset. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we, we talked about the, the digital world making our life simpler, but I, it sounds like, and I think this is the same way kind of with your financial planning for a lot of people, you just have stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard at some point, you've compiled all, the, you've opened up a new credit card, to, you know, you opened up a new account here or there. Next thing you know, you've got things everywhere that you even forget about. So I can't imagine it's that easy to keep up with all this stuff. Well, right. And then, you know, even if you forget about old email addresses, like I have an old Hotmail email address. I'll bet I haven't True. used that in, in 15 years, but I guess it's still out there. So, so yeah, things like that all over the place. And it can, when you really sit down to think about it, it can be a lot. So again, it is something at least to be aware of and people need to understand that just because they don't have Bitcoins and NFTs and they're not like a musician with copy you know with royalty uh, fees that are you know they're being sold to Warner Brothers does not mean that this is something you can ignore right all right well let's talk about then what can be done legally depends on the state here okay so all you know disclaimers and what have you you know we're, we're let's recap all of those um, state laws they're still catching up some states 
don't have anything. Some states have laws that address digital assets. Some are better than others. Some were just kind of a haphazardly, we need to do something, and they've thrown together some laws. Some have good ones. So what can we done legally, depending on the state, if you're allowed to, you want to make sure that your estate plan will address digital assets. Like Ohio is one of the states where, you know, we have laws and I and, and you know, we put it in all of our planning documents to where if I got sick, my power of attorney can specifically access my bank account online or my investment account online because they may not be walking into the Chase branch or the Fidelity branch. Yeah. Um, you know, and I pay my mortgage online. I don't even I don't even know where I'd mail the check, honestly. <laughs> I know, same way. Uh, right? But 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 it, but it needs to be done. So we got to have language in there that lets your financial caretaker, of course would be a power of attorney, gives them access and they have the ability to access the accounts, log in, see information, ask questions, etc. And then when you pass away, you know, if it's a will or trust or what have you, have your executor or your trustee, whoever's in charge of managing your estate after you're gone, needs to have access, you know, to deal with, you know, wind down and I guess dispose of or close your digital assets after you pass away. And there may not be any monetary value, but if I died tomorrow, I'm sure my wife would like all the pictures off my phone. Yeah. Right? Um, so there's no money value there. It's not like you know, I'm Billy Joel and I'm getting all this money for all these songs I wrote. But at the same time, you know, get access to my email, get all the pictures off the phone, things like that. Um, and then if you use a trust and you're allowed to, one of the things to do, uh, there's a paper form and it's included with one of our forms. We put something in there specifically assigning control and protection of your digital assets to your trust after you pass away. Okay, so we have a paper trail saying when we pass away that whoever's in charge of managing our estate uh, does have the ability to do that. So that's the estate planning side. Uh, again, depends on where you're at and what you are allowed to do versus not allowed to do. Now, apart from the actual estate plan, a lot of accounts or websites are, are starting to do something about this. It's not perfect, but a lot of them will allow you to designate someone within the platform or within the account to access things when you pass away. Um, I believe Facebook calls it the digital executor. You know, you've heard authorized representative. I think Google calls it inactive account manager, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So you can do that. Um, on some accounts. And that's getting more and more common every day. I think a few years from now, it'll be very common. Um, but some of the big boys like Google and Facebook have already done it. Um, so that's the other piece to do legally. Again, depends on what type of account it is and whether or not they allow it. But that's always a good thing to do if you have the ability. All right. So important to know what can be done legally with each of these things and the accounts that you have set up. So Maybe more, maybe even more importantly, I mean, legal is probably the most important, but practically speaking, <laughs> it's always so important to take these little steps, the things that you can control, right, to make it easier for people. So what can we do practically? Well, um, some sort of a list or inventory 
uh, of your accounts is a good idea. Um, my wife and I have one. It's kind of a master list with accounts, logins, login information, and password. Good to have. Now, ours is through a shared document that's kind of stored on the cloud. It is password protected. We can both get into it, and I have something in writing, you know, a secret, uh, you know, thing for someone to get to, and here's where this is stored, etc. And you want to make sure the information is safe because, you know, identity thieves would have a field day with that. So you got to be really, really careful, but make sure it's safe but accessible. And look, everyone's got a def different definition of that. Um, and it's good to communicate the information and wishes if you have it to, to trusted people, the people who may be in charge. You know, so for me, one of the things I've done is say, hey, you know, within our, you know, within our plan, within our setup, where everything's stored, that information's not there, you know, but we have, uh, there's a note in there that says, if you're reading this and you're in charge, here is where you can find information on how to find our online uh, logins. Okay, so it's almost like a little bit of a treasure hunt, but they can do it. And then I guess, obviously, if you have a valuable asset, you know, intellectual property, a patent, a business asset, or something that has an ongoing monetary value, look into whatever structure is, in, is already in place with that, your business structure, if there's any licensing, royalty agreements, etc. I would have some specific language within that or within the agreement with Warner Brothers, you know, for your music or within your business uh, that provides for this. I wouldn't just leave that to chance, okay? So that's something you want to do. And then obviously... You know, this is maybe kind of a blanket statement, but make sure your estate planning attorney is well-versed uh, in this side of it, uh, in these laws, or lack thereof, if that's the case, uh, within your state. Because what you can do in one state, you can't do in another, and maybe in a third state, you might be able to do it, might not be able to do it. So it's always good to work with someone who at least has their finger on the pulse of this and can tell you, here are your options in Ohio. Here are your options in Florida. Here are your options in North Dakota. Okay, and this is ever evolving. So again, you want to work with someone who only does this and is keeping up on this. It's going to give you your best shot. A lot to think through, and it's important to make sure you have this part covered in your estate plan. And Nick is someone that can help you with this, is uh, getting more and more familiar with it by the day, I would imagine, <laughs> as you work with people. But you can always log on CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. Um, anything else, any closing thoughts, Nick? Because I know this is one, if, we're, if, if you're not involved with this yet, I'm sure at some point you'll have more and more of a hand in it. And based on everything you list off, I, don't, I can't imagine there's anyone that doesn't have some type of digital footprint. Well, even if it's pictures on your cell phone, everyone's got that at this point. It's worth sitting down and thinking about if something happened to me, my spouse, my kids, my family, whomever, what would they need to get access to to make life easier? And just start with that question. And that'll at least let you know how big of a problem or how small of a problem it is for you. Um, you, you think about that question and then you'll at least be kind of on the right path. Very good. If you have questions, again, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. You can click that big button on the front to schedule a call with Nick. 
a lot of other great resources and tools too. Not only our podcast, we've covered a lot of great subjects uh, and topics along the way, but there's also some some resources like five reasons to avoid those DIY estate planning kits and Ohio's complete guide to estate planning right there on the website you can access right now uh, free of charge. So again, if give Nick a call as well if you want to do that. It's 513-463-6789. I know he'll be happy to help. Nick, stay out of trouble in those uh, <laughs> in those basketball games, please. I, I mean, I'm trying baseball to. Um, I It finds me everywhere. Um, <laughs> but you know what, guys? I will tell you what, if you're – if you're trying to decide, uh, if you're here, you know, in Ohio, uh, and you want to help with estate planning, and and you want to make sure that your estate planning attorney can count to four, I can assure you, I can do that, and I have, uh, and I have my father-in-law who can vouch for me. Okay, so if that's uh, <laughs> that's what you're looking for, I got you covered. Got I don't even covered. need a calculator uh, to get to four. I love it. Well, very good. Thank you for listening to another episode of Complete Estate Planning. If you have questions for us, uh, reach out to Nick. If you want to hear us cover a specific topic as well on the podcast, let Nick know, and we'll be happy to work it into our schedule. And uh, look forward to talking to you again soon, Nick. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.